0: Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new Ultra micro diameter Injection Arrows. Injection utilizes the new deep six standard for more big game penetration than ever before. Learn more about the injection today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, editor Christian Byrne.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bow hunting, and we're always glad that you take some of your time to be with us, celebrate the sport, and hear about some of the really cool things that are happening out there in the bow hunting world. And we've got one of the coolest developments of 2014 to highlight for you today. I've got a guest uh, from the world of outdoor television, Mr. Jeff Thomason. Jeff is the host of Predator Pursuit TV on uh, Sportsman Channel. And Jeff, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thanks for having me. Good morning. Good
1: morning. We have invited you to be with us today because you just recently, made a, a pretty significant accomplishment in the the world of bow hunting slash bow fishing. You have uh, gone out and taken a new world record mako shark by bow.
0: I did, man. That was a pretty crazy story, pretty crazy trip. Uh, I uh, I've been doing it now, I guess, for five or six years, going out here to uh, to California and trying to, to shoot these big sharks with a bow. So uh, it finally happened for us. We finally had the right one show up, and we're able to, to make it all happen.
1: Well, how does one sort of get into the whole bow fishing for shark thing in the first place? I mean, uh I'm sure that just about everybody who listens to this podcast is an avid bow hunter, and I'm also going to guess, myself included, most of us have never and may never chase sharks with the bow. How much opportunity is really out there for that? Is it legal in a, in a lot of states
0: or all states? It, it is legal in a few states. I don't know exactly which ones offer it and which ones don't, but California, you know, it's, it's definitely legal there, so that's where we go and do it. and. Uh, I guess I got started. I'm just one of those guys that likes to do a lot of things, you know, the different kind of things in the hunting. Um, I'm not one of the guys that likes to go sit in a tree for for two weeks and and chase a whitetail. You know, I like to get out there and, you know, call coyotes and bowfish and chase alligators, you know, do do some of the different things. This one fit right in there with it. So uh, I guess about five or six years ago, a good friend of mine, Corey Nolton, A lot of people know him from. He is one of the co hosts of Jim Shocky on Uncharted, one of his new shows. And, uh, been good friends with Corey for a long time. And just sitting around the house one day, and I get a phone call from Corey, and he says, Hey, man, uh, we're out here in California doing some bow fishing for sharks. And, uh, just wondering if you'd like to come out and do it. And I said, Heck yeah, man. You know, sign me up. I think it was two days later. I was on a plane headed to California, and uh, just got to talking to him. And this guy, his name is uh, Matt Potter. We all know him as Mako Matt. This guy, he knows more about sharks than anybody. I think he—he's uh, just one of those guys. He's really good to get along with. He's fun. And they had an idea one day. You know, we can we can really get these sharks up close to the boat. Why don't we try to shoot one with a bow? And, uh, that started this whole thing. And, you know, it really was, it was a big learning experience for everybody because really nobody had ever tried, tried to do it. So they didn't really know what kind of equipment to use, how it was going to go. You know, everything was all brand new to everybody. So it was really cool. It was kind of revolutionary, I guess you could say. Um, so the learning process began and, you know, every year we kept going back out there and trying new things and and seeing what worked and what didn't. And uh, I think now we've we've got a pretty good idea, uh, not only on the equipment, but but Matt he he's got these sharks, he's got them dialed in, and uh, you'd really be surprised how many sharks there are out there. Um, you know, I see on the internet and all these stories about you know how the sharks are on decline and there's not very many there has been very few times that I've been out there and not seen a shark and normally when we go out it's it's multiple sharks mm. so we so, got them you know got them kind of figured out now
1: so where where are you going out of to to go after these sharks and what what kind of a <laughs> boat are you on are you on a, a big boat a small boat how far out you go all that kind of stuff
0: well matt he is based out of huntington beach california and he's got a boat i want to say it's a it's a i think it's 35 footer it's it's a pretty good sized boat it has a a cabin you know downstairs it has a, a couple of bunks in it and a small little kitchen so it's not too small it's not one of those that you know you're scared to go far out in and uh we normally you know to be honest with you we've we've been in really close before to where you can see the land no problem and then we've been really far out before too. So it's all it's all kind of what Matt thinks, what he's feeling. He he is so in. You know he's you know how whitetail hunters are with checking the weather and checking the wind and you know all this stuff. He's the same way when it comes to sharks. He's checking the water temperatures, the currents, the tides. I mean, he is he is up to speed on this stuff. So he's he's pretty die hard about it. So I don't even I don't even pretend to know you know what we're doing or where we're going. I just I put it all in the in the Matt's hands and let him make the decision and and go with it.
1: So tell me a little bit about Mako sharks. I'm not a I'm not a shark expert. Okay, I so I don't know where the Mako stands. You know, relative to all the other species. What's the average size of a Mako shark? And then. You know, how does that compare to the size of this record animal that that you were able to take?
0: Well, these mako sharks, I, I want to say they're the fastest shark. They are, you know, you look at these sharks and you can tell they're just built for speed. I mean, they've got, they're shaped like a missile. I mean, they've got the big fins back on their tail that just help them, you know, get through the water quicker. Uh, they're really aggressive sharks. We have had blue sharks, mako's, and we've even had great whites come to the boat. Hmm. And whenever you're out there, you know great whites are completely off limits. You can't, you can't touch them. You can't mess with them. You know they're protected. So, but when a mako comes to the boat, you pretty much know it. These things, when they show up, they mean business. I mean they're they're in straight kill mode i mean they're they come to the boat they're fast they're circling they're, they're looking to kill something um so it's that's that's pretty exciting when a big mako shows up but i would say on average a pretty good size mako is three to four hundred pounds and that's that's considered a good size shark um you know we've, we've seen quite a few we've, we've taken quite a few that size before and uh like I said, that kind of goes back to back whenever we were really learning and, and trying to figure out how to do this stuff. You know, you would, you would shoot these two, 300 pounders and think you've done something. So of course the natural progression was, well, it worked on the 300 pounder. Let's, let's see if we can get a 400 pounder. So, you know, it just slowly got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, it's kind of a funny, funny story. I've got, a. Uh, I've got what I call the California curse. and it seemed like every time I went out there, you know, I would show up and it would be rough. You know, the waves were just huge and beat you to death. And it's one of those deals, man, Jeff, you should have been here yesterday. It was glass. You know, there was nothing, no waves out here. It was perfectly calm. So, of course, being from Texas, you know, I get out there in that rough water and I'm going to be seasick. It's happened. It's happened on more than one occasion. So uh, we did that, and it's just, it just seemed like everything was go would go wrong on these trips, and it it took quite a while to get everything to line up right. And this trip turned out to be the good one. And Matt called it from the beginning. He said, "Look, Jeff, you're here. The water is warmer than it usually is." He said, we've had big sharks almost every day. We've got a full moon. These Mako sharks, they really like to feed during the full moon. And I guess, and, I guess they're like most other animals. You know, they can see better. Um, the sea lions and all that are out, and that's what they really feed on a lot.
1: And so when was this trip?
0: Uh, this was in August. I think it was August 12th, I believe, when I shot the fish.
1: Okay, so so August 12th, uh, you guys, you know, get ready, you're heading out, you've got uh, a high expectations because, um, you know, this guide, Matt, is telling you that all the conditions look right, so, so walk us through that day, what, uh, how far out do you guys go, and then what do you do when you get to where you're going to fish, you start putting out a, a chum slick or something like that?
0: We do. I, that day, we were probably, I'd say, 40 to 50 miles out. Uh, that was the area that Matt looked the best, had the best water temperatures and clarity and, and things. So that's where we headed. And when we get there, he likes to do what we call a power chum. And that's whenever we just we pour the chum into the chum barrel. I mean, really, really sick. Get it going. And he'll actually put the boat in gear and drive probably, I don't know, five miles an hour or so. And we're just chumming and chumming and chumming while he's driving. So we're, you know, we're laying out about two or three miles of chum mm. just to get started. And after, after you get the parts chum done, we'll kind of stop the boat, and then from then on, we're just drifting. So he has to know the currents and everything, so he knows that. We get to where we're at. We start drifting. And one of the really important things is seagulls. You know, you don't really think much about them, but these birds are a huge help for us because they come to the boat. You know, they'll they'll start picking up the little pieces of fish and and whatnot, and what they'll do is they'll land in the chum slick. So, and, and sometimes, you know, there may be two or three hundred of these seagulls. And the good thing about it is when a shark does show up, they usually come down the chump slick. So you're just sitting there. Everything's calm and quiet. and You can really watch the birds. And what'll happen is the birds furthest out from you will start to lift off. And then the birds closer will start lifting off. And it's like a progression as it gets closer and closer. So that's when it gets really exciting because you know something's coming. You know, you don't know what it is. It could be a could be a blue shark or something else, but that's when the excitement level starts to pick up. Everybody jumps up, you know, and starts running around the boat. People will climb up on the tower and start trying to see down. And uh, those birds lift off, and it's just its, it's such an adrenaline rush. So how many? People- sometimes, sometimes you'll see them finning. You know, they'll—they'll they'll have that dorsal fin come out of the water
1: mm-hmm.
0: and cut, start cutting through that chum slick. And man, that's—that's that's what it's all about.
1: So how how many people are out on this boat with you guys?
0: Well, on this trip, I guess we had, there were five of us. Um, Myself, my normal cameraman, uh, Matt, who's the captain. We took a friend of mine named Max, who is also a mutual friend with Matt. And I took him, he was basically my, my rod guy. He done a ton of these offshore fishing trips, uh, shark tournaments, things like that. So he's really familiar with that big equipment and how to fight these big fish. And I'm not, you know. So I, I told him, I said, "Look, man, I'll shoot the fish, but I want somebody that really knows what they're doing on the rod to handle that end of it." So that's what we brought Max for, and then we had another friend of his named Ann that. She was pretty much there just to just to help out with filming and uh, just other things on the boat. So there, yeah, there were five of us total.
1: So you're out there and uh, and you guys get the get the chum out and uh, you know how long did it take till you started seeing sharks and and you know did you see a lot or you know was the well, first first one that you this,
0: saw the big one? Yeah, this day is one of those. Like I said earlier, it's one of those that everything went right. We. uh... We get done with the power slick, we stop the boat, and we've got a few seagulls that have landed, probably, I'd say, 300 yards from the boat. So we're sitting there and just getting the chum going and everything. And I kind—I of, look out there and some of the birds start to lift off, and i was like, "Well, maybe they're coming to the boat just to get closer." And then the next set of birds lift off. Nah, surely not. You know, there's no way because we hadn't been sitting here 20 minutes. Mm. And uh, Matt, like I said before, he's a fun guy, likes to joke around and everything. And all of a sudden, he looks up and says, it's a huge make a you know. So immediately, I think he's just messing with me. I was like, come on, man. You know, we hadn't been here 20 minutes. And he looks at me, and I can see it in his face. He's not joking. So it's, It's complete chaos when something like that shows up because it's like everything. You had this plan in your head, you know, I'm going to do this. He's going to do that. Everybody's got their jobs. Well, Yeah, but it's
1: never never that controlled in real life, right? No, everything
0: goes completely out the window. So it's just complete chaos. Everybody's running around, running into each other, trying to do everything at once. And finally, this shark shows himself where I can see him. And it was one of those deals. It's almost surreal because it's such a big fish that you just think, "No way, this is happening!" He
2: was
0: so big he was. Uh, he was eleven feet long. So mm-hmm. he was so big he would just come out of the water, just swim on top, and cruise all around the boat. So what we like, what we usually do is when they get in close like that, like I said before, they're fired up, they're ready to, you know, to kill something, they're hungry. So what we like to do, we'll tie a pretty good-sized fish onto a Mm string. We throw it out there, no hook or anything, just the shark's still free-swimming, you know, when we shoot it. It's not hooked or anything like that, so that's the part that makes it difficult. Um, If you just wanted to hook one, yeah, it's pretty easy because they—I mean—they'll eat anything. The hard part is getting them up to the boat because our our goal is we want them right at the boat with their back out of the water because they're they're so tough. You know, we want to get really good penetration with the arrow. So, you know, the deeper we get, you know, the, the better it's going to hold. Yeah,
1: and I mean, you should. Give me a little thumbnail of the equipment that you're using for trying to shoot this thing too. I mean, what what kind of a bow were you shooting, and uh, what kind of you, you know, know fish arrow and fish point and line and all that,
0: that are you dealing with here? Well, what we what we did on this fish, I just brought one of my just deer hunting bows. I brought my I have a Hoyt that I took out there.
1: What we have, do just you know, a, what what model
0: you brought? I believe it's a Katera,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if I'm not mistaken. So we brought it, you know, it's it's dialed up pretty heavy. It's right at 70 pounds. Okay. So it's got a lot of punch to it. It's just a regular AMS bow, fish, and arrow, as you see. Now, the important part is the grapple tip that we have. It's the, the interlock grapple. It's got the three prongs on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have about, oh, I'd say six or eight feet of steel leader, and I'm talking real heavy steel leader, and that's connected to just a shark fishing rig, you know, the big ten rod and reels that you see that are just enormous rod and reels. That's connected to that. So what we do, we throw that piece of fish out there, and we try to get them to chase it. And this fish just would not cooperate. He's swimming all around the boat. I mean, he's he's literally 10 feet away. But, you know, when I go out bow fishing for whatever, carp or gar, you know, that's nothing. You can shoot them all day long like that. Mm-hmm. Well, with, with these, I have to worry about penetration, you know, getting in there really far. So our goal is to bring him right to the back of the boat. And sometimes it takes him a little while to get comfortable with the boat. And sometimes they never do, and we've had that happen before, where we've had some some sharks that were pretty big that just they were smart; they wouldn't come in. Well, this one, he was there for so man, you, I bet it was you basically, fifteen minutes.
1: You basically want to shoot this this shark at like a range of ten feet? Yeah, it's basically what no, you're
0: it's, saying. It's closer than that. It's more like three to five feet. Okay. And you know, that sounds like, oh God, who couldn't make that shot? You know what? It is way harder than I ever thought and I have missed I hate to admit this, but I have missed two or three times that I can remember. And I actually missed this fish the first time he came by. So he comes by, we throw the fish out, we finally get him to chase. Well he comes by, well you gotta think, these boats have a pretty big rail on the back. You know, it's it's not quite waist high, but it's close to it, and the boat's rocking, of course, you know, pretty big waves, so you got to deal with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he brings the fish by, and you have to wait until Matt says shoot. So you're you're dealing with the, the string and the cable hanging off the back of the boat. The boat's rocking. You're in an odd angle because you have to get it over that rail and shoot down. So it's, like I said, it's it's literally almost straight down. So he swims by, and I shoot, and it goes right under. Him. Mm. And I don't know if I don't know if that's me doing it, you know, out of instinct, you know, from all the other bow fishing. You know how you always have to aim low, you yeah, know, right. aim low, aim low, aim low. Well, you have to really concentrate on looking down the arrow because if you don't, you're going to shoot under. You. Mm. So he he makes this first pass wound right under him, and I'm sick. He leaves. Luckily, I didn't hit him with anything. It just grazed him. So he goes, he swims off, and I'm literally about to throw up because this is such a huge fish. I mean, we knew immediately it was going to be the world record. He was so big. The world record before that was 544. This guy was way bigger. He ended up Weighing in at 809 and a half. 810 pounds? So 800, almost 810 pounds. So he literally just crushes this old record. Wow. And you know, we knew it. I mean, there was no doubt. He was so big. So this whole time, you know, we're saying this is this is it. This is the one we've been after. Yeah, Let's it's like it happen. It's like the equivalent
1: of you got a 200-inch 200 in, 200 whitetail in front of you, and all of a sudden... Uh, an easy fifteen yard shot has like the most pressure you ever felt in your life,
0: right? And, and you whiff, you know, and it's like, oh my god! And he runs off, so you you automatically go into panic mode. So this happens: the shark swims off for a minute. The next thing I know, a sea lion shows up. That's never good, because now now he's got some something, something else to eat. Exactly. Yeah, he's got something real. Exactly. So I was like, oh no. So we look up, and he's out there after the sea lion. I'm like, oh, man, he, you know, we're never we're never going to get this deal done. Well, he chases the sea lion for a little while, and he disappears for, man, I don't know, it's probably 10 minutes. And at this point, I have already gone up to the front of the boat. I've, I've set the bow down. I've, I've already decided it's over. You know, I, you're, I'm just ruined this I deal. was going to
1: say, you're already going off to sulk here.
0: Oh, I was sulking like a kindergartner. I mean, it was it was bad, but I just you know couldn't believe it really. To be honest with you, just just missed him. So we're sick about it. And then all of a sudden, I hear Matt say, "There he is!" You know, there he is. And I look out; he's he's on top of the water again. So I know he's still he's still interested. So I was like, "Okay, we're back in the game." Chaos erupts again. We all start doing everything, and so I grab the bow, get back there, and immediately we throw the fish in and he's after it Mm. we get him we get him right up to the boat and you know doing the tv thing you want it to be dramatic you know you want to have this huge fight and well this fish comes up and i actually shoot him right in the top of the back not where i wanted to but i ended up clipping him in the spine which took most of the fight out of him so Normally, when you shoot them, they take off, and it is a serious bite. Now, I'm talking it could be 3 three-hour ordeal. Mm-hmm. Well, this one, you could tell as soon as I shot him, he was hurt. So he kind of, he tries to swim off, and then the next thing I hear is Matt. He starts freaking out because he thinks now this fish is going to sink, which uh, that had never even crossed my mind. How do you keep an eight hundred pound fish from sinking? Because this water that we're in is almost a mile deep. There's no there's no recovering this thing if he sinks. So thank goodness I've got Matt who has got all this experience. I've got Max on the rod who also realized it. He throws the rod in gear, takes off. Matt runs to the front of the boat, gets the boat in gear and takes off.
1: How does, so, how does, um, we're when you, when you get that arrow into the shark, how does, uh, so really there's nothing, there's nothing attached to that line that's permanently attached to your bow. You're just putting that arrow that's attached that's right. to that rod onto your rest and shooting it.
0: That's right. Yeah. Nothing's attached to the bow. So I can't, I'm not sitting there holding the bow trying to fight this 800 pound fish because there's no way that would work. So, as soon as I shoot the arrow, it's stuck in the fish, and it's connected to the rod and reel. Just like if, if you had hooked him, per se. Gotcha. But now, there's a lot more factors that come into it. You know, normally when they hook a fish, they seldom lose it. You know, but whenever you're you're shooting them, you have a lot more to worry about. You're fighting them because you've shot them in the back, and it's, it's a lot harder fight, and then you're worried about that arrow pulling out.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean... You know if you've ever done anyone who's listening who's done any fishing, I mean the only sort of analogy that I can think of just for knowing how much harder it is to control a fish when he's not hooked in the mouth, you know exactly when you hook a fish fish in the in the mouth, you're leading him but like for instance, I've done some salmon fishing sometimes you'll you'll snag a salmon you know in the side, and it's almost impossible to control that thing because. The resistance of when they're swimming around, there's just something about it. I mean, you can't turn them, and you've got so much water that you're pulling against. Yeah, it's very, very uh, much more difficult than it would be if if you had
0: them in the the face. Exactly, and I can't can't explain to people how much of a fight these fish really put up. They're so strong, they're so powerful, and I'm talking an 800-pound fish that's jumping eight feet out of the water. Now, I mean, it's it's unbelievable that they can do that to start with. But now, hook yourself up to that thing and and try to fight him. It's it's so, a pretty big ordeal. So, so
1: that rod guy, he's probably like, is he in the fighting chair? Is he like strapped in there?
0: We don't we don't ever strap in, but he is in a. We do have a harness that you know wears and put on because we don't strap him in because these fish they'll they'll dive way down deep. They'll take off. They'll jump. They'll swim on top. I mean, you never know what they're going to do. Um, so he's constantly walking around the back of the boat trying to keep the line tight, trying to keep everything right. And that's what I said earlier. That's why I wanted him there. Because, I mean, I've caught quite a few sharks, you know, three or 400 pounders. But when you get in this this range, it's a, it's a totally different game.
1: Well, that's got to be be nerve-wracking for you, too, because that's your world record on the end of that line, and you've shot the thing, but now you're relying on somebody else to to get it uh, it in.
0: Well, now for the rest of the story that we haven't discussed yet. The day before I shoot this world record, we have another monster at the boat. I shoot this monster, and two and a half hours later, we lose it. Hmm. And and when I say he's a monster, I say he is pretty much as big as the one that I ended up getting. So, we know exactly. You know, it worked out, like I said earlier, you want something dramatic for TV. Well, you couldn't have had a more dramatic trip because first day out, you know, he was at least 700 pounds. Probably bigger.
2: Mm.
0: We get this fish shooting, fighting for two and a half hours. He's jumping eight, 10 foot out of the water. I mean, it's it's something else and we end up losing the fish so completely heartbroken everybody is just you know you go from being at the top of the world you know having this giant fish to complete you know as low as you can go when we lose it and then the very next morning we're back up again you know it was it was a wild trip that's for sure
1: Mm. that's crazy so so back to this uh a record fish, so I think you said the guy's name is Max. He's fighting it
0: and uh Yeah, Max Max is on the rod. So we we shoot the fish and then I'm thinking, Man, I've got him, he can't fight very good, this is gonna go easy. And then I see the panic set in with these two guys. And they start talking about how he's about to sink, we're gonna lose him, and then I my heart sinks again. You know, I'm just you know, how is this happening? You know, what, what's the deal? And So luckily, they, they both, they're on the same page. Matt runs up to the front of the boat, puts it in gear, you know, takes off. And what he's trying to do is get that shark to plane up on top of the water. Now, this shark isn't dead by any means, but he's not fighting like they normally do. So the next part, which is, I would say, the most exciting, but yet by far the most dangerous part, is getting this fish to the boat and getting gas in him and getting a tail rope on him. I mean, they're dangerous, of course, because of their teeth and you know, being able to bite you. Gaff. Oh, a gaff. 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 Gotcha. Okay, gaff.
1: Yeah, gaff. yeah. So yeah, we've yeah.
0: got, we got to get those big hooks on the side of them. Yep. So, you know, like I said, they're dangerous because they can bite you and everything else, but you think of how much power that fish has got in his tail and everything else. I mean, it can tell with you one time and, you know, hurt you really bad. So we get him up there, and we have to get him up to the boat to get these gaffs in him. The gaffs are hooked to a rope, which is on about a oh, it's about a six-foot pole, I guess. So we get him up there, and, and my job is to grab this steel leader and pull him to the boat. And the boat is still in gear, so you're you're fighting against the fish, you know, the the water and everything else. So I get him up there. Matt gets a gaff inning, and when he gets the gap inning, all heck breaks loose again. so you feel a little better when you have a gaff inning, but they break' him all the time, so it's still not a done deal it's It's not a done deal until we get a tail rope on them and when I say a tail rope that's it's a rope that's connected to the boat it's got a big loop in it, we get the loop around the back of their tail and cinch it down and once you got that, you're good to go well. We get a gaff in him. He goes crazy, thrashing. I mean, it's all chaos again. So finally, we work on him. We get a second gaff in him. And, you know, like five minutes later after this, I mean, we're all soaking wet, just so tired because we've been pulling and trying to get this fish in. Mm-hmm. Finally, we get the tail rope on him. And, and that's whenever, you know, we go crazy because we know we've, we've done it. You know, we finally got this fish in the boat. And, uh, you know, it's all finally came together for us. So how long is this whole
1: process between the time that you shoot the, the shark and you get the tail rope on the thing?
0: From the time on this one, like I said, we got lucky because I hit him kind of in the spine, was probably 15, 20 minutes.
1: Okay, so it happened pretty quickly.
0: It happened pretty quick on this one. We got We got really lucky, to be honest with you, so... It worked out really well. Everything went smooth. Nobody got hurt. Um, we got the tail rope on him and everything. And so, at this point, we're still, like I said, fifty miles from the coast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we have to get this fish to a certified scale, you know, game weight and everything. Well, that's that's a two or three hour run without an eight hundred pound fish on the back of the boat. Yeah. So. he's got a swim step off the back of the boat and that's what we usually put the sharks on to, you know, tie them up and that way we can go a little faster. Mm -hmm. Well, there's four of us guys with a rope pulley system. It probably took us 30 minutes just to lift him two inches out of the water onto the swim step. That's how big and heavy that fish was. Mm. It was pretty unreal.
1: How did you, now when you get the tail rope and you got the gaps in it and everything, it's still not like dead, right? Do you have to do something to finish it off or?
0: Yeah, usually we'll we'll take a knife and try to cut their spine, you know, and, and kill them that way. So it's it's really a quick deal. And then that usually finishes them off. But it's like with, with dangerous, any kind of dangerous game, you still don't get anywhere near it for a long time. You know, just to. Make absolutely sure you know what I mean mm-hmm. the ones that hurt you are the are the ones that are dead, you know that's what everybody says, especially you know take buffalo anything you just you have to be super careful and it's no different with these sharks,
1: so you finally got it up there and and managed to we, get on your way back in
0: we did we and what's what's funny is how quick word spreads because we're coming in, and we've got this fish on the back of the boat. Well, as we're coming in, we're drawing a crowd. People start seeing this thing. So we have like a parade line of boats behind us. Well, in California, that's not always what you want, if you, you know what I mean. It's, you don't want a lot of attention out there. There's a lot of people, but, you know, there's a lot of antis in California. It's no secret. So our goal is to get him there and get him gone as quick as we can. Well, we call, and what's really funny, the only way you can really transport these things is on a boat trailer, if that gives you an idea how big this fish is. So, we have somebody bringing us a boat trailer as we're coming in. Mm -hmm. So, we pull up in the boat, the guy backs the boat trailer off in the water, we all jump in, drag it up on the boat trailer, throw a tarp on it, and take off. Well... The certified scale is not far from, like, Hollywood and all that area. So we're driving down the interstate with a boat trailer behind us with an 11-foot shark on it and, uh, you know, getting quite a bit of attention. So we had to put some tarps on it, but people could still tell what it was. pretty Pretty wild deal. Everybody, as soon as we got to the boat dock, I mean, it was chaos. You know, people just coming from everywhere, coming to see it. You know, we were, we were in a hurry. You know, we wanted to get to a certified jail as quick as we could, you know, just so I didn't lose any more weight, because it had already been, shoot, four or five hours from the time I shot it to the time we were able to get back. hmm You know, we so already off quite a bit of weight, I'm sure. So, our goal was to get it there as quick as we could, so we didn't lose too much weight.
1: And so, they hoist it up or whatever when you get it there?
0: Yeah, but? yeah, we... We did. They we take it to this place has a certified scale. Well, they also had forklifts there, which was a huge help. Like I said, eight hundred pounds of bed weight is pretty much impossible to move around. So they had a forklift there. We were able to get him up, take pictures, the whole deal, and then uh, we were able to put him on the scale, get him weighed, you know, do the whole thing. And after we got all that done, we decided that you know this is an eight hundred pounds fish well he's going to have 400 pounds probably of of good meat and there's no way i was going to bring 400 pounds of meat back home on the airplane with me so that's got a pretty good program set up out there with a couple of the homeless shelters Mm -hmm. in the area Mm -hmm. so we we took it and cleaned the shark up and had a bunch of big ice chests, big coolers and uh cut it up put it in the in the coolers and and went and donated the meat to them, and, man, they were, they were really happy to get it.
1: So you guys, you butchered that shark right there?
0: We butchered them right there. It's, they're really cool because, you know, you're used to skimming deer and things, you know, they have all these bones and rib cages and, you know, everything. Well, sharks, you know, they're just cartilage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's pretty much just cutting giant chunks off of it, and it's it's all good meat. So...
1: What about like taxidermy and that sort of stuff? Uh, this is a world record shark. You didn't want to, like, save any of it for your trophy room or anything.
0: Man, I actually talked to my wife about it, and she said you've got to get that thing mounted. You know, it's a it's a world record. Said, well, golly, honey, you know it's a, it's eleven feet long. I'm not sure where where we can put this thing. So, as of right now, we've got the jaws, which are pretty incredible. You know, just, just the jaws. But if and when I do have a house with, with a little taller ceilings, I'll probably go ahead and have it a... Uh,
1: Reproduction.
0: Yeah, a replica made. hmm So until then, I'd love for, you know, a Bass Pro or a Cabela's or somebody to sit to it and hang it up because, you know, it's one of those things. that might last a long time, but, you know, one of your buddies may, you know, book a trip out there with Matt and they may beat the record tomorrow, you know, who knows? It's just it's a roll of the dice. You never know what's gonna show up out there.
1: Yeah, so talk to me about the world record. How does that work? And this obviously when we're talking about world record here, it's not a bow fishing world record, right? I mean this is just world record yeah, this period. Is just,
0: well, this is just straight straight bow fishing. They uh there's been one or two others bigger that have been caught on a rotten reel.
1: Oh, okay. So, it is, so, so they do. And who does this? The IGFA?
0: They handle, as far as I understand, the rod and reel on my end, where I had to get it certified and everything. Was the Bow Fishing Association of America, the BAA? Oh, okay. So they they keep track of all these bow fishing records, and uh, you know, there's there's been quite a few shot with a bow, but just nothing of this size. You know what I mean? It's just. Mm-hmm. Just a different different fish. Um, But like I said, Matt, as a matter of fact, last year they caught one on a rod and reel that crushed the world record on a rod and reel. But there was some sort of a a technicality, I guess you could say, that uh, the rod they were using wasn't certified or something, so they couldn't actually put it in the books. But I think it weighed 1,323 pounds, something like that. And that's just unheard of. I mean, it was, that was one of those things that they were on Fox News, and I mean, they donated it to, to science, you know, because they had never seen one that big before. So, they were studying it, and so Matt, like I said, he, he knows what he's doing, and this guy, he he eats and sleeps big sharks.
1: Mm. That's awesome. So, that was kind of a completion of a of a, a multi year quest. Does this mean that you're done with going after sharks and you're moving on Man, to something
0: else? I don't think I could ever be done with it. It's it's like I said, it's it gets in your blood. I mean, it's one of those fun trips we go on every year. We have a good time, but it's just the unknown I guess. You know, the we don't know what's gonna show up out there. Like I said, I mean, I've had a what we guessed was a 3,000-pound great white come to the boat. Oh I mean, how many, people, how many people get to see that? You know what I mean? And it's just something different, you know. it's That's part of my show. I like to do, you know, the focus is predators, of course, but I like to throw in a bunch of different ones, you know, sharks, gators, bears, coyotes. There's, there's a lot of predators out there. So, you know, we like to mix it up and, and do a little bit of everything. And this is one of those that it's one of my, my highest rated shows too, you know, it's people really enjoy it. And it's something different, and, you know, it's, it's fun. And he's, he's gotten a lot of attention from it. And he books a lot of, a lot of trips from it. So works so, really well for everybody. And I think so, I'll be doing it for a long time.
1: So when is this episode with the, with the world record going to air on uh sportsman channel, Jeff
0: should be in January sometime. I don't have exact dates yet. So, it's going to be somewhere in January area.
1: And just uh, in the interest of shameless self-promotion, I do want to mention to the listeners that you're also going to write uh, your story about this hunt uh, for Peterson's bow Hunting, and we're going to publish that in our January-February issue, which will be out in December. So that'll be a few weeks to a month or so before the the show airs on television, you'll be able to read all about it and see a bunch of photos in the magazine here as well.
0: Yeah, that'll be a huge thing because I can sit here and talk about it all day long, you know, and these guys can listen, but until they actually see the pictures and 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 see see the size of this thing, you know, that's when they're really going to be surprised. Yeah, for sure.
1: Jeff, where are you out of? Where's home for you?
0: Um, I live in, in Texas. Just just outside of Fort Worth, Texas.
1: Okay. And how long? And, uh, so you're a lifelong hunter?
0: I am, yeah. I've, I grew up hunting. I've done it for a long time, bow hunting, gun hunting. I mean, I, I try to do it all. Bow fishing It's just one of those things. I'm sure, like everybody you talk to, that's just, that's all I think about, you know, hunting yep. every day.
1: And so the show... Yeah predator pursuit tv that's it's not strictly bow hunting right you do all kinds oh no
0: oh yeah we do like i said before it's it's every every kind of predator i can chase and whether it's rifle shotgun bow crossbow you know like i said we try to keep it fresh and 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 chase different different critters by by different methods and and just show people the different opportunities out there for predator hunting and we go all over i mean we've been to Africa, Australia, Canada, just all over the U.S. and day hunting, night hunting. So, so got to do a little bit of it all.
1: Where does this uh Where does this Mako shark rank in your in your career of of predator hunting?
0: Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough one. I guess it's it's hard not to say it's at the top just since it's a world record. But if it's one of those deals that if you if you enjoy fishing at all or bow fishing at all you really need to go out there and, and just do it at least once just to experience it because it is it's something else it's it's really really hard for me to sit here and put into words how much fun and how cool it is
1: yeah is it um do you have any idea what the cost for somebody who's interested in doing that it's probably i mean i think about you know, you think about like an outfitted whitetail hunt at a prime area. You'd easily drop five grand, you know, for a whitetail hunt. I would imagine a, a day or two with some friends to charter a boat like that is probably a reasonable or comparable, you know, cost. Do you, do you even know? Yeah,
0: that? yeah. I want to say it's around two thousand a day, and that is, you know, you could take three or four guys if you wanted to, but it's really set up good for two people. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, you know, one if one person really wants to shoot it and then one person wants to fight it, you know, that works really well. Um, and you can split the cost, of course. Um, I would recommend doing two days at least, you know, if it's hunting, you know, you may may not see a big one or you may have some some bad weather, you know, things like that. You just, you never know. So you don't want to go all the way out there just for one day and, you know, hope, hope it happens because... Like I said, it's pretty rare not to see sharks, but, you know, it happens. But I'm pretty pretty uh, confident that if you go for two days, you're going to get something. So whether it's, and it's not only bow fishing, I mean, the majority of his clients just want to catch it on a rod and grill, but I think your, your crew that you have listening here, of course, you know, we're all bow hunters and so I'm sure somebody's going to want to shoot it. You know, you may have to do some rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to shoot it, but if you do it two days, hopefully both of you get a chance to shoot.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So, but but that covers everything. You know, that covers the boat, the fuel, the chum. The chum is really the expensive part. He um, has to buy a lot of chum, and it's really expensive. So that's the most of the expense. Um, but in the long run, it's worth it.
1: Mm. So... What is uh what is it about the Predators? How did you end up, you know, focusing on that for your show as opposed to uh I guess what we'd say is the more traditional uh bow hunting targets?
0: You know it just kinda happened, I guess. I ever since I was in high school I've enjoyed it. And we started doing down here in Texas they have a lot of contests to see, you know, like it's a twenty four hour contest, so You know, you start on a Saturday at noon, and you have to be back to a place at Sunday at noon. And it's basically whoever shoots the most of, you know, whatever wins. So we started doing that in high school, and it kind of got me hooked. We did pretty good. And then when I got out of high school, I kept going and started. I just decided one day, man, I need to to take a camera because people don't believe me you know some of the stuff that's happening you know and so we started toting a camera with us and that got addicting so then we decided we were going to start a dvd series and this was back in like 2001 put out a bunch of dvds and then just a natural progression you know just ended up getting a lot of sponsors and you know working really hard at it and natural progression was just to go into, into a TV show. That's what happened. So here I am still, still doing TV.
1: And how, how many years have you, have you been doing the television program?
0: Uh, I've had, I've had a show for, for five years now. I think this will be, I'm filming six right now.
2: Cool.
1: Well, I yeah. tell you what, it's, uh, it's definitely something unique and, uh, it's definitely an experience that, you know, like I said, most of us are never going to have. Certainly taking a world record is an experience that, uh, few of us will experience in a lifetime and, and, uh, you know, the odds of somebody going out and, and, and taking a world record whitetail or elk or something like that are probably, you know, one in many, many millions. So, uh, you've got an accomplishment under your belt that uh, is certainly, uh, you know, very, very special. I, I congratulate you on it and um, I wish you, you know, continued success and all the best with your show and your hunts. And uh, I was actually just looking online, people who want to connect with you or learn more about the show or what you're up to it looks like they can just go to predatorpursuit.com and and find you there
0: yeah uh, predator pursuit which uh it's it's gotten gotten pretty popular over there so i try to keep everybody updated with with what hunts i'm going on you know how how they turn out you know and it, it works out really well
1: Well, that's great. It's Jeff Thomason from Predator Pursuit TV. Uh, Look for his story in the January-February issue of Peterson's Bowhunting and look for uh, a replay of the hunt, all the excitement, the world record uh, in January on the Sportsman Channel. Jeff, thanks so much again for being with us today on Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. It was great to catch up with you. Um, Enjoyed hearing your story.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks thanks for having
1: me. Yep. Take care now.
0: Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new ultra-micro-diameter injection arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now.